of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. Well, we welcome the tall man who was just walking down the center of the aisle. It's wonderful to have Gareth back. He's still on the mend, but he plans to moderate the, the town hall meeting, which will be after this service. So this morning, our schedule is a little bit different. At the end of this service, which will be a shorter service, we'll have a break and then ask you to come back about 9.45 to have a short, a half-hour town hall meeting in between the two services to talk about not only the finances of our church, but also the direction that we're going in the mission study and a pastor nominating committee. So to catch you up on what is going on and all of that, lots of time to ask questions too, if you'd like to do that. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this Veterans Day weekend that is also the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I, a war that we were all so glad to see over. Uh, celebrations all over Europe where so many were lost. Um, especially if you're visiting with us today, we are glad that you're here today. And there's a friendship pad on each one of the pews. We'd love to have you fill it out and pass it down and let us know that you're here, whether you're visiting or whether you're regularly with us. This Tuesday, we will have our book talk. We are discussing the, the book, I can't even find it now. There it is, Mudbound by Hillary Jordan. And you are invited to come if you've read the book. It is not a closed group. Anyone can come. Our third Friday group would love to have you join them this coming Friday to hear Bill and Terry Shubin talk about their trek through Mongolia with the nomads, that you need to sign up for that out on the patio today. It's the last chance to do that. And next Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, we will be hosting the Interfaith Thanksgiving uh, celebration here in our sanctuary. Also, we are signing up for a tour of the Laguna Art Museum, particularly of the, museum, the exhibit about their 100th year anniversary. You can sign up on the patio for that. The date for that is at the end of the month. And our hospitality night, the first Friday of December when we host the entire city out on our rose garden and serve them cookies and hot cider and hot chocolate. We're asking you to sign up today to bring some of those cookies, especially if you could bring homemade cookies. They are very popular. There's a sign up out on the patio for that. November is Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Month, and our scouts and our outreach group are collecting socks, and they're also collecting toiletries that can be given to the people in need. So I encourage you to look for those boxes out on the patio. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. Faithful God, we, your people, are strange conundrums of faithfulness and fickleness. We cleave to you in all the ways that we're able. We count on you and intend our lives to be lived for you. And then we find ourselves always seeking elsewhere and otherwise. So we give you thanks that you are the God who yearns and waits for us. That our connection to you is always from your side. That it is because of your goodness that neither life nor death, nor angels nor principalities, nor heights nor depths, nor anything else in creation can separate us from you. We give you thanks for your faithfulness so much more durable than ours. 
This morning as we come to worship you, may we walk toward you with our whole lives, with audacity and adoration. Amen. Please join me for our call to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Happy, Happy are, are those whose, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. Let us stand and worship our good and gracious God. Worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise.
church. Let us be seated. Hear now our call to confession. Out of God's great mercy and love, we are invited to be honest about who we are, about the mistakes we make, and about how well or how poorly we care for others. In this spirit, we offer our prayer of confession to God. Let us pray. You are the God from whom no secret can be hid, and we are a people with many secrets that we want to tell for the sake of our lives, but that we dare not tell because they are deep and painful. They are our secrets. They are our truth, rooted deeply in our lives. You are the God of all truth, so we ask you to hear our attempts to admit the truth about ourselves. The truth truth of grief grief unresolved, unresolved. the truth truth of pain pain unacknowledged, the truth truth of anger anger, as powerful as it is deep, the truth truth of resentment and jealousy and pride, the truth truth of being being taken taken advantage of and manipulated and slandered. We trust the greater truth of your wondrous love. Our truth heard by you will make us free. So in this silence, we admit to you the deep truth about ourselves. Amen. Hear the good news. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. Take comfort in the assurance that even those things that are hidden from memory or too deep for our words are not beyond God's forgiving love. God, who knows us completely, bestows pardon and peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. What you gonna preach by the life you live? What you gonna preach by the way you give to the people you love and the people you meet? What is the sermon that you're gonna preach? We deliver a sermon every day. Preach 
message they will hear us say. Actions are louder than the words we speak. Oh, what you gonna preach? So do we seek first the kingdom, or is it money and power riches? Do we hate our brother and hold a grudge? Lord, as we come to your word, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would show us ourselves in the light of your great love, and that you, we, that you would show us yourself. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. In the text that we read today, Jesus, who has been making his way up to Jerusalem, has now entered Jerusalem. He has cleaned the money changers out of the temple. He is teaching in the temple. The cross is just days away. Holy Week has begun. Mark 12, beginning with verse 28. Hear the word of God. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked Jesus, What commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And then down to verse 38. As Jesus taught, he said, beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who contributed to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's really no use giving my granddaughter toys for Christmas because the only thing that matters is the dress-up box. It is her favorite way to play, to pretend that she is something that she's not, whether it is a superhero or a princess or a mommy or a cook. Beware, because if you come anywhere near her while she is playing such things, you will be conscripted into part of this. You perhaps will be the dragon who is attacking the castle. Or maybe you will be the guard who is protecting the castle against the dragon. Or you will be the princess who is, oh, so afraid of the dragon who is attacking the castle. Or perhaps you will be the mother of the princess, the queen. That's my part. Or you might, have, you might want to go for the best part of all, which is the baby, because the baby just gets to sleep through all of it. Who hasn't pretended to be something that you aren't? Or something that you aren't yet? Remember when you were new in a job? How you were doing your best to look like and sound like and act like the teacher, the executive, the lawyer, the pastor, when you really didn't exactly know what you were doing. It's also how we grow in faith, isn't it? How we live into the parts that we understand, even though we don't understand all of it. But we live into it and act as if, fake it until we make it until it becomes a part of us. C.S. Lewis wrote about dressing up like Christ each morning, putting him on, and living into that identity. Part of how we grow into the people that God is calling us to be. Today's scripture, Jesus says that the greatest commandment is to love God with all that you are and to love your neighbor as yourself. When Luke writes about Jesus saying that, he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan is a great example of loving your neighbor as yourself. But Mark does something different. In the text that we read today, what Mark does is to point to two people that he sees, that Jesus sees right there in the temple while he is teaching. He points to the scribes, and he points to the poor widow. Now, scribes are not priests. They're scholars. They are doctors of the law. If there is anyone that you would expect to keep the law, it would be the scribes, because they are the absolute experts. Scribes were very respected in society. The crowds would stand when they would come into the marketplace, when they would come into the street, of course they got the best seats in the synagogue. They got the best seats of wherever they went. And some rich people would invite them to their, 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 uh, their special banquets for the classiness that they added to the occasion. They were considered to be people to be honored. They prayed long, impressive prayers so everyone would know how pious they were and they wore their professional attire, their long robes, 
so everyone would see how important they were. <clears throat> now, as one who prays long prayers and wears long robes, I have to be a little careful here, don't I? I wore my very best for you today. Oh, isn't it impressive? But it's really quite uncomfortable. And I can hardly keep it on my shoulders because I think it's made for somebody far bigger than I am. But the way Jesus tells it, what he's upset about with the scribes is really not what they're wearing or the length of their prayers, is he? It's something else. Because what the, what the scribes are about is about themselves. That's, it's all about self-serving, about who they are and who they can make other people think that they are, about using their position for their own benefit, not for the benefit of the people that they are there to serve. In fact, using their power at the expense of those people, particularly at the expense of poor widows. Like the Old Testament prophets before him, Jesus will not stand for people who profess a love of God while exploiting the helpless and the defenseless. He condemns the disparity between their supposed piety and the way they treat other people. Eugene Peterson, whom we know prob best probably because he was the translator who produced the message translation of the Bible, also a PCUSA pastor and a, a scholar of scripture. Uh, Peterson passed away a few weeks ago, and there's been a lot of reflection on some of the themes of his life. And many have said that a great theme of his life was congruence, so that who I am on the inside matches who I am on the outside, and vice versa. My therapist friends call it integration, so that the love of God and the love of neighbor become a part of who I am, that as I begin to learn, they become so much a part of me that it's almost like they become my DNA. Without trying, without thinking about it, they are bec I am becoming that kind of a person. Where have you seen that happening for you? I'm sure you've seen it someplace. Something that once upon a time was so new to you, and now it's become almost second nature because God is making that into a part of who you are. In contrast to the hypocritical scribes, Jesus points to the widow as an example of what that integrated faith would look like. Jesus is teaching in the temple in a spot right by where the offerings were given. The offerings were given in large metal trumpet-shaped containers along the side of the wall. You can imagine in the world before paper money what that sounded like. The big givers, all that noise. It was easy to tell who was giving the most. And Jesus commends what perhaps no one could hear but him, the whisper of those two tiny coins that were given by the widow. 
Jesus certainly has a strange way to measure generosity, doesn't it? He says she gave more than all of the others because she didn't give from her extra. She didn't give from her leftovers. Her faith is costing her. It's really making a dent in the way that she lives. Her faith is so integrated into her life that her giving is an expression of her love for God. Here, just before Jesus goes to the cross, sacrifice is on his mind, isn't it? He notices her selfless sacrifice, and he notices that the scribes are not about sacrifice at all. She embodies the sacrifice that the scribes never will. St. Ignatius of Loyola wrote a prayer about sacrifice. Our group of people who have been studying sacred story prayer for the last few years use this prayer. Uh, some of them have, be, have started to pray it every day. Ignatius wrote, Take, O Lord, and receive my entire liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my will. All that I am and all that I possess, you've given to me. I surrender it all to you to be disposed of according to your will. Give me only your love and grace. With these, I will be rich enough, and I will desire nothing more. We're going to use those words this morning as we affirm our faith. I hope those words will become a part of who I am. I hope those words will become a part of who you are as we grow into what it means to have love of God and love of neighbor integrated into our lives and become a part of who we truly are. So let us stand and affirm our faith responsively as you will see printed in the bulletin. Paul exhorts the church in Philippi and the church in every age, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And so together we pray, take, O Lord, and receive my entire liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my whole will. All that I am and all that I possess, you have given me. I surrender it all to you to be disposed of according to your will. Give me only your love and grace. With these, With these, I, I will, will be, be rich, rich enough, enough and will, will desire, desire nothing more. more. Amen. Let us be seated and let us bring to the Lord our morning offering.
Church, let's stand as we sing, I Surrender All. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Let's lift it up, church. Let us pray. 
God of glory, our gracious Father, no darkness of despair, no gloom of sin can eclipse the light of your love revealed in Jesus Christ. May we shine brightly in serving him and reflect something of your overwhelming love for the whole world. We give you thanks for our church as we have our town hall meeting today. Thanks for all the ways we are built up in our faith, provided with community and centeredness, taught and empowered by your word, held accountable to your truth, offered ways to serve others, but most of all, guided in the worship of your Son, our Savior. As a church, cause us to make our joy complete by aiming to be like-minded, having the same love and being one in spirit and in purpose. And Lord, we have mourned this week at the loss of life in Thousand Oaks. We think of those who had their lives cut short. We think of those who risked their lives and those who laid down their lives to rescue others. And so we pray this morning for parents, for spouses, children, classmates, and friends. We pray for those college campuses, for the communities and a nation that are grieving and angry. And we lift up the churches and the pastors who will be called upon to provide counsel and comfort. We pray that you will be their refuge and strength and ever-present help in their trouble and pain. And we pray for our state, the state of California, and we pray that you will bring relief for these fires, provide strength to first responders and to all the firefighters, and to all those who have lost, Lord, have mercy, we pray. And Lord, accept this offering that we give you as a sign of our obedience and bless our effort as we seek to be faithful for the sake and glory of Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this week, what is it that that prayer is going to say to you? You have a copy of it in your bulletin. What if you prayed it each day this week? What if part of it became part of who you are, became integrated into you, and into the ways in which you seek to love God with all that you are, and to love your neighbor as yourself? And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. I invite you to be seated for the postlude. <clears throat> 